Hello and welcome to another episode of Covenant and Conversation with me, Rabbi Sachs. In each new episode, we'll explore a Jewish idea from the Hebrew Bible based on the Torah reading of the week. Vayeshev, refusing comfort, keeping hope. The deception has taken place. Joseph has been sold into slavery. His brothers dipped his coat in blood. They brought it back to their father saying, look what we've found. Do you recognize it? Is this your son's robe or not? Jacob recognizes it and replies, it's my son's robe. A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph has been torn to pieces. We then read, Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and mourned his son for a long time. His sons and daughters tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. He said, I will go down to the grave mourning for my son. There are laws in Judaism about the limits of grief. Shiva, Shloshim, a year. There's no such thing as a bereavement for which grief is endless. The Talmud says that God admonishes one who weeps beyond the appointed time, you are not more compassionate than I. And yet Jacob refused to be comforted. A Midrash gives a remarkable explanation. One can be comforted for one who is dead, he says, it says, but not for one who is still living. In other words, Jacob refused to be comforted because he had not yet given up hope that Joseph was still alive. That tragically is the fate of those who've lost members of their family, the parents of soldiers missing in action, for example, but have as yet no proof that they're dead. They can't go through the normal stages of mourning because they can't abandon the possibility that the missing person is still capable of being rescued. Their continuing anguish is a form of loyalty. To give up, to mourn, to be reconciled to loss is a kind of betrayal. In such cases, grief lacks closure. To refuse to be comforted is to refuse to give up hope. Yet on what basis did Jacob continue to hope? Surely he recognised Joseph's blood-stained coat. He said so explicitly, a wild beast has devoured him, Joseph has been torn to pieces. Do these words not mean that he had accepted that Joseph was dead? The late David Dauber made a suggestion that I find convincing. The words the sons say to Jacob, haker na, literally, identify please, have a quasi-legal connotation. Dauber relates this passage to another one in the book of Shemos, with which it has close linguistic parallels. It says, if a man gives a donkey, an ox, a sheep or any other animal to his neighbour for safekeeping and it dies or is injured or is taken away while no one is looking, the issue between them shall be settled by taking an oath before the Lord that the neighbour did not lay hands on the other's property. If the animal was torn to pieces by a wild animal, he shall bring the remains as evidence and he will not be required to pay for the torn animal. 
The issue at stake in that law is the extent of responsibility borne by a shomer, a guardian. If the animal is lost through negligence, the guardian is at fault and must make good the loss. But if there's no negligence, merely force majeure, in other words, an unavoidable, unforeseeable accident, then the guardian is exempt from blame. In one such case, there is one such case is where the loss has been caused by a wild animal. The wording in the law in Shemos, Tarof Yitaref, torn to pieces, exactly parallels Jacob's judgment in the case of Joseph. Tarof Toraf Yosef, Joseph has been torn to pieces. Now we know that some such law existed prior to the giving of the Torah. We know this because Jacob says to Lavan, whose flocks and herds had been placed into his charge, I did not bring you animals torn by wild beasts. I bore the loss myself. This implies that in the, in the pre-Mosaic days, guardians even then were exempt from responsibility for the damage caused by wild animals. We also know that an elder brother carried a similar responsibility for the fate of a younger brother placed in his charge, as, for example, when the two were alone together. That's the significance of Cain's denial when confronted by God as to the fate of Abel. Am I my brother's shomer? Am I my brother's guardian? We can now understand a series of nuances in the encounter between Jacob and his sons on their return to Joseph. Normally, they would be held responsible for their younger brother's disappearance. They are their brother's guardian. To avoid this, as in the case of later biblical law, they had to bring the remains as evidence. If those remains show signs of an attack by a wild animal, they must, by virtue of the law, be held innocent. Their request to Jacob, Haker Na, please recognize, must be construed as a legal request, meaning examine the evidence. Jacob had no alternative but to do so. And on the basis of the evidence he had seen Jacob's, uh, Joseph's bloodstained coat, he had by law to acquit them. But a judge may be forced to acquit somebody accused of a crime because the evidence is insufficient to justify a conviction, but still retain lingering private doubts. So Jacob was forced to find his sons innocent without necessarily trusting what they said. In fact, Jacob didn't believe it, and his refusal to be comforted shows that he was unconvinced. He continued to hope that Joseph was still alive. That hope was eventually justified. Joseph was still alive, and father and son were ultimately reunited. That refusal to be comforted sounded more than once in Jewish history. The prophet Jeremiah heard it in a later age. This is what Jeremiah says in chapter 31 of his book. This is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping. Rachel, weeping for her children. Refusing to be comforted because her children are no more.
But this is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded, says the Lord. They will return from the land of the enemy. So, yesh tikva la'acharitech. There is hope for your future, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. Why was Jeremiah sure that Jews would return? Because they refused to be comforted, meaning they refused to give up hope. So it was during the Babylonian exile, as articulated in one of the most powerful expressions of the refusal to be comforted. Psalm 137. By the waters of Babylon we sat and wept as we remembered Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord in a strange land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill, may my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem above my highest joy. It's said that Napoleon, passing a synagogue on Tisha B'Av, heard the sounds of weeping. What are the Jews crying for, he asked one of his officers. For Jerusalem, the soldier replied. How long ago did they lose it? More than 1,700 years. Said Napoleon, a people who can mourn for Jerusalem so long will one day have it restored to them. Jews are the people who refused to be comforted because they never gave up hope. Jacob did eventually see Joseph again. Rachel's children did return to the land. Jerusalem is, once again, the Jewish home. All the evidence may suggest otherwise. It may seem to signify irretrievable loss, a decree of history that cannot be overturned, a fate that must be accepted. Jews never believed the evidence because they had something else to set against it, a faith, a trust, an unbreakable hope that proved stronger than historical inevitability. It is not too much to say that Jewish survival was sustained in that hope. And that hope came from a simple, or perhaps not so simple, phrase in the life of Jacob. He refused to be comforted. And so, while we live in a world still scarred by violence, poverty and injustice, must we. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening. You can download a written version of my commentary and explore all my additional content by visiting www.rabbisax.org. This year, we also have an accompanying family edition of Covenant and Conversation aimed at connecting children and teenagers with these ideas and thoughts. For a family edition discussion sheet on this week's parasha, please go to www.rabbisax.org/ccfamilyedition. Thank you.